Chapter Twenty Eight of the Pocket Measure by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Eight. Then and Now. What an immense book the history of a human life would make! Probably no one will ever know how large a volume it would be, for no one will ever write it. I have lingered over the story of the beginnings of married life to this my friend Mrs. Spafford. She is so dear to me, and her early trials and triumphs are such vivid pictures in my heart that I love to linger over them. But time hastened. Therefore I, warned by the growing chapters, will ask you to look in upon her busy life for the last time, nearly ten years from the day in which you made her acquaintance. Not in the pretty little box of a home, those quarters grew too straight for the increasing family. It is on the same square, however. The Spaffords found themselves much too attached to their surroundings, the ties of the neighborhood too strong to be causelessly sundered. So it stands on the corner below, a large, handsome house, plain, it is true, but it is the plainness of exceeding taste and care, rather than that of accident. Perhaps the most noticeable feature is the lovely lawn that spreads itself abroad in almost uncity-like greenness and beauty. Grasses and ferns and flowers cluster here all summer in radiant freshness. Lovely beds of violets are scattered here and there. Lilies of the valley in their early season hide under broad, green leaves, while in shady nooks certain beauties of the woods thrive exceedingly, to prove the falsity of the popular notion that none of these wildwood treasures will bear transplanting and petting. On the opposite corner is a twin house, the ground distinguished from their neighbor across the way only by a lavish wealth of roses during June. The houses themselves are as nearly alike as the same architect and builder could make them, and I presume you can readily guess that the Evans family occupy the latter one. The neighbors of years ago are neighbors still. I want you, on this bright winter afternoon, to go with me to the meeting of the Young Ladies' Mission Band. You will meet many of the old friends there, and some new ones, and get perhaps a better idea of what is doing in that branch than a half-day's story from me could give you. It is not necessary to climb the hill to the old Stowell homestead. The parlor served its time, doing its duty nobly, and has retired into private life again. For, six squares away from the two stone houses where our friends live, is another new building. In point of fact, there are many new buildings, for this part of the city has grown so rapidly during the last six years that it cannot honestly lay claim longer to the name suburb. But there is one pile of brick and mortar, which is the building above all others, around which the hopes and plans of many center. It is large, and in fact rather imposing-looking, and bears over its central door, in large letters, this brief statement, Young Ladies' Band, Temple Street Church. To the initiated, these words tell a great deal, and as for the uninitiated, can't they inquire? This building is the property of the Temple Street Church. It holds within its ample walls a reference library on missions, a general library of carefully selected volumes, 
a ladies parlor handsomely furnished where women and girls may be sure of meeting at all hours of the day some christian women who will greet them cordially introduce them to the points to which they may need introduction give them any needed help as regards work or home or friends in short set them in the way of helping themselves a ladies committee room just across the hall where some of the various committees of christian work are apt to be in session on almost any day of the week a coffee and lunch room for women only constantly presided over by skilful young women who have been taught how to prepare wholesome and inviting food a young ladies parlor carpeted and curtained and seated tastefully a parlor organ at one end a center table with bible and hymn books and numerous side tables with work baskets and a sewing machine near at hand this last is where the young ladies hold their monthly gatherings and downstairs the largest room in the building with bay windows at front and side in which of each glitter in gilt letters the word what not the fancy store belonging still to the stock company formed more than eight years ago every other room in the building is connected with the benevolence of the temple street church save this one this is rented at a fair figure and paid for in quarterly advance payments by the members of this unique firm they are still firmly resolved on not mixing things business is business and benevolence is benevolence true they find no fault because the managers of the building choose to use the rent paid them for this room to swell the number of volumes in the library they have no desire to curtail the benevolent enterprises of the temple street church on the contrary they rejoice over each one they are grateful for the bestowal of the committee room and the parlor and the library and the upper parlor where they hold their religious meetings this is benevolence they gave their mites to help build each of these they constantly help to keep the wheels in motion but the downstairs front room means business they are workers they have enlarged their borders the store is open now all day long from monday morning until saturday night always excepting wednesday and friday evenings when occur the regular church prayer meetings well-salaried clerks are in constant attendance but the numerous partners keep a sharp lookout and hold themselves carefully posted as to all that goes on connected with the firm that it has paid and is paying you need only glance up and down the well-stocked room to be sure of i shall not even venture to whisper to you what have been the net receipts during this past year the fact is it is a business secret what firm of any importance cares to noise abroad its financial power yet that some people understand it is evident because you may hear it repeatedly affirmed by leading business men in the very heart of the great city that they should not hesitate to trust the what-not to any reasonable amount it is true this may be owing in part to the fact that the firm in question never ask one cent of credit from any business house anywhere their rules in this respect being as strict as when they invested with laughter and trembling their first six dollars and seventy-five cents well i did not propose to have you linger in the store you are invited up to the young ladies parlor where the meeting is in progress 
at first sight it will not impress you at all as a religious meeting the machine is hushed it is true but needles and scissors and thimbles are flashing and gleaming in busy fingers and tongues are moving almost as steadily mrs spafford is seated at the central table and the bible is open before her mrs evans is at her right pencil and notebook in hand every other lady in the room is sewing or crocheting or knitting or cutting these two mrs spafford and mrs evans it will be remembered are not young ladies but there is a singular fact connected with their history thus far not a young lady belonging to that band has discovered apparently that these two are any older or are ever to be any older than those who rank among young ladies they have held to them with a calm persistence that has so shamed old father time that he really has retired into the background leaving no wrinkles and as yet not even a suggestive gray hair and every lady in the church knows that these two motherly matrons are main arteries of the young ladies band mrs spafford though with an open bible before her repeats instead of reads this sentence ask of me and i will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession and without a pause of a moment mrs evans adds the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof and addie stowell says thou shalt inherit all nations thus the story grows the wonderful story of god's own promises which are found to belt the earth proving by his mighty word that all the nations of the earth shall yet praise him it is laura bacon who has dropped the bright wools she was sorting and slipped into a seat before the organ just as the triumphant chorus of verses is concluded she touches the chords and with one consent they chant the lord reigneth let the earth rejoice let the multitude of isles be glad thereof declare his glory among the heathen his wonders among all nations o come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the lord our maker at the first note of the song the busy hands drop and with the closing strain the ladies kneel and mrs evans's voice leads them into the very presence of the god of the whole earth it almost seems as if the day were near at hand when all the inhabitants of the earth shall worship him declared addie stowell when work had been resumed i have been so astonished over many facts while getting ready for this meeting that must certainly mean good news from china said mrs evans with a smile i believe you are her special representative for to-day oh china is simply wonderful you ought to have appointed every one of us to represent her and then we couldn't have begun to do her justice i don't know about this general summary that we are supposed to give in january why we can't begin to glance at the wonders that are doing well just a glance is about all we can give but i think if you remember that we are to glance backward as well as forward you will succeed in impressing us by the power of contrast yes'm i remember it and it was that very thing that overwhelmed me why mrs spafford i didn't know that less than forty years ago there were only six chinamen converted isn't that awful 
it is harder for me to realize that any of them are converted now declared a gay young girl i don't know much about the chinese only their faces look so funny and their ways are so unlike ours it doesn't seem as though they could be christians do many of them come to the light you know i have just joined your ranks you must wink at my ignorance and enlighten it fanny said mrs evans laughing addie can you encourage her in regard to the chinese i should think so why there are fifty thousand of them connected with christian churches only think of that over thirteen thousand of them are communicants and fanny carley how much do you suppose those church members give a year for the cause twenty thousand dollars just think of it heathen indeed i wish some of them would come over and teach our civilized heathen how to give mrs spafford how much may i say i am just bubbling over there are dozens of curious incidents that i'd like to tell save them for february ruled mrs spafford you know we give the entire meeting to china then and i can see by minnie stewart's face that she thinks the chinese don't compare with the mexicans this suggestion brought a chorus of eager voices to the front every one of the girls had been at a very recent date to hear that queen of mexican missions mrs rankin four copies of her book were in the missionary library and had been carefully read since the excitement about her wonderful work had reached white heat and the girls were therefore on the qui vive to give information at least such was the case with those who represented mexico while the others were equally certain that these should be held to the rules and give only a summary well declared minnie we are willing the summary is astonishing enough especially in the light of contrast remember how miss rankin worked to get one bible over into mexico and how she rejoiced when that feat was accomplished and then think of the protestant churches scattered over it to-day and the thousands there who are followers of christ this very sentence produced eager words from one and another in confirmation of the remarkable changes in that land which a few years had wrought and at last mrs spafford was again obliged to call them to order i don't think it can be that our time is up we are just hurried because essie is determined to get to india declared minnie stewart as she laughingly retired to the background well india is fully as startling in its story as china or mexico can possibly be affirmed the earnest-faced young girl whom they called essie don't you know when we were reading dr judson's life we concluded that no other mission land could be more hopeless than india looked then now think of there being seventy-eight thousand people there who belong to jesus i tell you girls that number is simply glorious mamma laughed at my enthusiasm when i found it out i was a little ashamed of the way in which i shouted but it came over me suddenly and i just broke my thoughts oh 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 i said what an immense throng there is going to be in heaven when india alone is ready now to send seventy-eight thousand still the more i studied the matter the more evident it was that there was a great deal to do yet why some of the sentences in the book i was reading sounded just like sarcasm 
though they were not intended for that for instance it stated that there are now in india two missionaries for every million of inhabitants and that this was a very good number mrs spafford what do you think of that when you said the other day that our pastor with a congregation of a thousand to look after had far too much to do just what i thought before essie said mrs spafford smiling that we expect more of our pastors than they can accomplish with such large fields and that we are awfully neglecting india as well as every other mission field yes declared a champion for china i am glad you put in that last mrs spafford i don't think india compares with china for instance in this need why that missionary who visited at auntie's last summer told me herself that where she was located the number of people that one missionary had to reach if they were reached was the same as though there were a minister in new york city and one in cleveland o and none between she asked me how i should enjoy having my minister have such a field as that thus the talk went on siam and africa and japan and persia and syria had each their special champion eager to give contrasting figures and striking bits of news constantly was their leader obliged to suppress the enthusiastic young hearts hinting that this was the day for the general outlook only and that each field would come up in its turn for special notice only once did they break the line of actual review of facts to romance a little over what the future might bring them this was when they reached the last month of the year and syria was called for then all eyes were turned with a sort of tender eagerness on the blushing face of lena bacon mrs spafford you will certainly let lena talk as long as she wants to pleaded two or three voices and mrs spafford smiling albeit the tears were very near the surface declared her willingness to listen to whatever lena had to say but she blushing smiling could at first say nothing at all the simple truth was she was on the eve of passing beyond the realm of mere saying into the actual personal doing in the far-away land ay mrs spafford's mission band were to have a missionary of their very own sent out from their home and hearts and in the strange sweet providence of god this was none other than lena bacon she whom you will possibly remember as one who declared frankly on the day of this band's organization that she did not believe in foreign missions the lord holdeth the hearts of his people lena was despite this childish folly one of his own and in his time he set the very inmost longing of her heart of hearts on the work abroad and called her to prepare to drop seed there and she was going in her youth and beauty sacrificing so it looked to others with no meagre hand since she had everything to leave that this world can give but never did young heart sacrifice more loyally or joyfully and mrs bacon her mother had moved step by step during this term of years from an actual opposer to a silent looker-on then to a faint and distant follower then to one who read in silvery voice and well-chosen sentences beautiful reports about sacrifice 
and gave annually her hundreds without knowing that they were gone or caring greatly what they did then suddenly had stepped into the very forefront of sacrifice learning by the deep throbbings of her mother heart what the word meant for she was giving her only darling and she did give her not without a struggle at first not without counting the cost with tearful protests again and again and again but she had already come to know that sacrifice for christ is sweet and that he has a special and very tender place for those who give to them their best so now where her body and in a degree her purse had been for several years the workers in temple street church recognized that she brought her soul and in a few months more lena was going not alone oh no end of chapter twenty eight